Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. In a world, as they used to say in the trailers, that seems to be going to hell in a handcart, at least you could rely on the movies. They wouldn't necessarily all be on at the cinemas. That was the case even before COVID kept closing them down. But there was something reassuring that film stories were always available. We make films. Movies? They're terrible. Greg, you never told me. The idea behind each one was we took a film that we liked and we made the title stupider and then made a new film to reflect the new title. It's a formula that only produces horrible films, but for some reason we keep using it. Boys would get girls, fish would find a new satisfying life out of water, while odd couples finally got along, underdogs triumphed, and the person who'd done it would once again turn out to be the least likely suspect. As I say, you could always rely on movies. Except now you can't, of course. Sam had lived, I, I believe we could have kept it going. But I just didn't have the know-how. There won't be much to do in town when the picture show closed. Yeah. Last week, no sooner had I investigated the upcoming International Film Festival when it was taken away from half the population. Auckland's festival was cancelled without even an online version to take its place. And it was starting to look as if the movie's biennial Christmas present, a new James Bond film, might suffer the same fate. Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? Fortunately, nearly two years late, No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's swan song as 007, has finally opened round the world to generally enthusiastic response. Though it has to be said, expectations this time seemed a lot more nervous than usual. Ravishing redheads. Bronze brunettes. Honey blondes. Bond women, 007 style. Would Bond remain as violent and misogynist as ever, worried The Guardian? Or worse, would it go the other way, sneered The Daily Mail, a sort of double woke seven? I was more concerned about how entertaining nearly three hours of spy capers could be. How high should we set our expectations? He's back, facing incredible odds. They haven't got a chance. As it happened, I had similar concerns about an equally long, albeit rather artier prospect, the Sparks musical Annette. In Edgar Wright's hugely entertaining documentary about musicians Ron and Russell Mayle, the Sparks brothers, the happy ending was that the musical the duo had spent decades working on had not only been filmed, but had premiered this year at the Cannes Film Festival. You are now kindly requested to keep silent. Please take a deep, last breath right now. 
I mean, I used to like Sparks records, but they usually came in three-minute bursts. Over two hours of them was likely to be a challenge. At least my expectations for a little French feel-good film called The Rosemaker were a manageable size. Can Gardner Eve win a rose competition with the help of three botanically challenged assistants? Well, I think we can take a good guess. But first, for all the public doubts, I don't think the latest from the mighty James Bond machine was ever likely to fail either. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. After decades of watching James Bond movies, I'm surprised at how lightly invested I am in the world's longest franchise. I'm used to them, that's all. They come out every year or so, some are better than others, but I don't even have a favourite Bond, I don't think. Certainly Daniel Craig's version is probably the best acted. He's certainly the one who seems to have taken it the most seriously. If we don't do this, there will be nothing left to say. The other distinction of the Craig films is that they're an actual series. You're required to keep up and remember what happened in the last films. That certainly wasn't the case when Roger Moore sported the licence to kill. Miss Anders, I didn't recognise you with the clothes on. You are very suspicious, Mr Bond. Oh, I find I live much longer that way. Back then, a Bond movie started from scratch, often featuring a fling with a minor Bond girl. She'd have a name like Bikini or Bambi and would be bumped off before the opening credits. His name is Safin. And what does he want? Revenge. Me. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. The main Bond girl would turn up shortly afterwards and she'd generally last the rest of the movie and then never be seen again. The villain, too, would only be there for one film, unless his name was Blofeld, before being seen off in a spectacular explosion and a caustic one-liner from James. Bang goes the knighthood, say, or pow to the people. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. Well, Daniel Craig doesn't do smirky jokes, but one thing the Craig-Bond films did rather well was beef up the support characters. Judy Dench was already good as M, of course, but Rafe Fiennes as her successor was equally good, as were Naomi Harris and Ben Whishaw as, respectively, Moneypenny and Q. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose control. But as we come to the last in this version of the franchise, I was surprised at how literally No Time to Die took that description. Back in 2006, we saw a callow Daniel Craig taking over his new job and earning his famous license to kill. Sixteen years later, he's retired and settled down with the one woman, Madeline Swan. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. 
We just didn't get to yours yet. But if you're worried about the prospect of Bond, the domestic house husband, it seems Madeleine may not be all she claims to be. Is she, in fact, in league with all these bad guys? Without waiting for an explanation, Bond gives Madeleine the flick and takes a job working for his old CIA mate, Felix Leiter. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favour, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. But you don't weasel out of MI5 that easily. The American and British secret services collide and Bond meets his replacement, the very 21st century Nomi. Needless to say, these days, she gives as good as she gets. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O? Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. Well, get used to it, James, because Felix has lined up another leggy offsider to work with him in, why not, Cuba. Her name is Paloma, by the way, and she's just as career-oriented as Nomi. Is James losing his touch? There's a young lady in Santiago I want you to meet. You're late. When you're ready. Salute. Given that the soon-to-return Madeline is also no slouch in the martial arts department, there's a strong sense that these women are not only the equal of Bond, but rather better than him. Will the next James be a woman, people are now asking. I would have said, of course not, a couple of weeks ago, but now I don't know. I met your new double-O. She's a disarming young woman. I get why you shot him. Yeah, well, everyone tries at least once. Or frankly care for that matter. It becomes increasingly apparent that the purpose of No Time to Die is to do some drastic spring cleaning of the whole Bond franchise before a fresh start. By the end, very few of the elements that you associate with 007 are left standing. James, fate draws us back together. Christoph Waltz as Ernst Blofeld does turn up for old times' sake, but his role as the Alpha Bond villain is taken by Bohemian Rhapsody's Rami Malek, who seems to have retained Freddie Mercury's dentures in this film. We both eradicate people to make the world a better place. I just want to be a little tidier. So, let's have it. Was No Time to Die old-fashioned and misogynistic? No, in fact, Bond was polite to a fault to all the women in the film. So, was it ridiculously woke? No, that wasn't it either. Harder to tell the good from bad, villains from heroes these days. What is it? You don't know what this is. He's going to kill millions. It was ridiculously long, and yet for all its action-packed length, it didn't find room for many of the elements I used to be fond of. Characters, say, a touch of glamour, and most of all, a bit of wit. I can't remember any jokes at all in No Time to Die. And without them, is there any point to a James Bond movie?
Can I just have one nice evening, please, before the world explodes? A few years ago, one of the big-ticket titles at the International Film Festival was a French movie called Holy Motors. It was directed by one Laos Carax, and it was spectacularly nuts. Well, Laos is back with a slightly calmed-down fable called Annette, written and scored by art rock duo Sparks, brothers Ron and Russell Mayo. One, two, three, four... And Annette is that much maligned phenomenon of the 70s, the rock opera. But just because you can write quirky, even brilliant pop songs, does that mean you can compete with Puccini or even Andrew Lloyd Webber? The Mail Brothers had been working on Annette for years before it was finally picked up by Carax, who gives it the A-movie treatment here. First time I fell in love, woke up next to the girl and escaped fast and far. But of course I mean French A-movie treatment, not the Hollywood version. It remains an art film, even if it boasts two bankable stars, the American Adam Driver and Frenchwoman Marion Cotillard to play the star-crossed lovers Henry and Anne. And Anne has changed me. What I see in her is obvious. What she sees in me is... Hmm, that's a little more puzzling. Henry McHenry is an edgy comedian who calls himself the ape of God, whatever that means. He prowls angrily around the stage, challenging his audience. Anne de Franu is an even more celebrated opera singer. One famously kills on stage, while the other frequently dies at the end of her shows. There's clearly some significance to this. How did the show go? I killed them on your gig. I saved them. Equally significant, it's certainly referred to regularly throughout the film, is the idea of confronting a figurative abyss. Show business is all about wrestling with a black hole, whether it's the audience themselves or some hole inside yourself where, well, let's see. Suffocated by love, a wreck, absolutely no desire left. Come on, Henry, drop it, please. What, am I letting you know more than you care to know about me? Mm-hmm. Annette is regularly interrupted by the media, showbiz news it's called in this film, telling us what's happening next. And eventually what happens is that Anne has a baby, baby Annette. There she is. Annette. This is my baby. Since Annette is obviously an important part of the film and she's also mostly under five years old for most of it, she's going to need a little movie magic to portray her. And what director Laos Kavax comes up with is essentially one of the most old-fashioned examples of stage magic there is. In 
In fact, much of Annette taps into traditional theatrical techniques and also movie tricks of the past too. When Henry and Anne go off on a yacht and sail into stormy waters, the sea is entirely back projection and all the more alarming because the towering waves are obviously real. The story is far more about Henry than it is about Anne, or even baby Annette herself, and it takes advantage of the fact that the lanky and lugubrious Adam Driver comes to us without too many clear-cut expectations. The truth is sick. Being in love makes me sick. Ready? May we start? In fact, over the years, he's given us a very wide range of characters. We've seen him as a villain in Star Wars, as comic relief in Inside Lewin Davis, as a blue-collar everyman in Patterson. Here, he's a bit of all of these, playing a self-centred performer, prepared to ride roughshod over friends, family, and ultimately his own daughter. Everything will be all right, Annette is a story we've heard many times before, of course, the celebrity road to ruin, the well-known price of fame. And it's told at inordinate length, all the while offering rather less fun than you'd like. But it does have one extraordinary performance. I wish that both of you were gone. Wish you were gone. Wish you were gone. She turns up late, and her name is Devon McDowell, playing the six-year-old Annette. The last time I saw anything like it was in old clips of the equally prodigious Shirley Temple. But Shirley was singing songs like The Good Ship Lollipop, not Ron Mayle's tortuous melodies and Russell Mayle's tortured lyrics. I take the song. Sympathy for the dog and I take the song. Sympathy for the dog and Annette's not a film I can recommend for all audiences, but it's undeniable that it contains things you've never seen before. My advice is to go in with absolutely no expectations, and you may actually surprise yourself. So, may we start? It's time to start, may we start, may we go, may we not start, time to start. The Rosemaker is one of those little French films that don't show up at big international festivals, certainly not the one at Cannes, but they're staples of more regional French festivals, ones that don't so much reflect the whims of critics as the popular taste. I want some red roses for a blue The Rosemaker is most likely to be successful among keen gardeners, particularly, as it turns out, in New Zealand. The plot turns on a rare breed of rose that only exists in two locations, in a Paris suburb and in Auckland, New Zealand. But I'm getting ahead of myself. C'est hors de question, je ne vendrai jamais. Si on ne redresse pas, je ferme. Vous allez rebondir, Madame Vernet. Il y a sans doute des solutions. Qu'est-ce que vous voulez qu'il y ait comme solution 
The clips available for the Rosemaker are more unhelpful than usual for the radio. A lot of fast, idiomatic French to introduce rose grower Eve. Her family business is on the rocks, not enough cash, and only one loyal employee, Vera. Who's had a bright idea? Je viens pour vous nouveaux employés. C'est une erreur, là. C'est moi qui vous ai contacté. Vous leur avez dit qu'on pourra pas les payer. Ils sont en insertion. Et c'est beaucoup moins cher. Bon, j'espère que vous aimez les roses. Vous, vous rangez votre téléphone. Qu'est-ce que c'est que ces chaussures Vera brings in three work experience employees. Free labour, in other words, whose only shortcoming is a total ignorance about any sort of gardening. But the clock's ticking. Eva's got just six months before the important rose competition, the event that will make or break her business. Can she get Fred, Samir and Nadej up to scratch in time? Ils ont une formation horticole au moins. Alors justement, on doit les former. Ici, les roses que j'ai fait naître. Pourquoi on se fait chier avec des rosiers là Il y a des serres partout, on a juste à faire pousser de la bœuf, c'est bon Euh non, on va rester sur les roses. <laughs> It's standard feel-good fare, of course, and before we can triumph and uh, feel good, we need a few disasters along the way. The three stooges blunder about, turning on the heater when they shouldn't, digging up the wrong weeds and not knowing their roses from their elbows. Qui a mis le chauffage à fond Ce matin, il faisait un peu froid. Vous me cramez 200 rosiers d'un coup. Vous êtes vraiment complètement con. I have to confess that these films are easier to grasp when they're about something I know the remotest thing about. Baking cakes, ballroom dancing, even male stripping are subjects you don't need much background expertise to follow. But the intricacies of rose developing, particularly in idiomatic French with rather technical subtitles, was a bit more of a challenge for me. Observez bien les nuances. Pour hybrider, on sélectionne les meilleurs pères et mères. But my neighbours seem to make less heavy weather of it. I'm guessing they were all rose fanciers themselves. Fortunately, as Eve, Vera and their three assistants graft, weed and pollinate, there's enough subplots to keep the rest of us interested, like a rival rose maker threatening to buy out Eve's business. Là, je peux vous faire une proposition de reprise vraiment intéressante. Fermez pas systématiquement la porte quand on vous donne la main. Ils sont trop le faux plan, là. And while Samir and Nadej don't warrant much in the way of backstory, young rocker Fred turns out to have hidden rose-growing depths. We also find out more about high-end rose breeding and scent differentiation, which is harder to pull off visually than you'd think. For lui, les roses, c'est des produits. Je préfère rester indépendante. Je sens que vous allez la trouver, la solution. But the Rosemaker succeeds well enough because it delivers on its modest promises. It stars likeable French favourite Catherine Frott as Eve. The story is not only easy to empathise with, but it's exactly what an audience of gardeners want on a wet Sunday afternoon. On redressera pas. On redressera. Ça peut paraître futile, mais la vie sans beauté, c'est quoi? There are times when you want to be challenged and confronted, surprised and alarmed at the cinema. This isn't for those times. What's life without beauty, asks Eve throughout the film, and by the end of The Rosemaker, you know the answer. And this is the end of this program. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.